Welcome to Can, Can We, we talk, talk About This? I'm your host, Amberly from The Power of Birth. And I'm your producer, Rajelle from Be Designs. And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. It can be hard to know what kind of exercise and movement is right for you when you're pregnant and then again after you have a baby. If you feel good, is that enough to tell you that it's okay to return to play that team sport or go on that run or lift the weights at the gym? Is six weeks really enough time for recovery and should this be a blanket statement applied to everyone? Sarah Mao joins us today, who you may know as the mummy trainer. Sarah is located on the Gold Coast and has an enormous passion for safe and effective training and exercise in pregnancy and postpartum and a real drive and call to action for change in the current fitness industry to adjust to the transformation our bodies go through during this time. Sarah works closely with women's health physios to create better programs and certifications for pre and postnatal training, even birthing classes with pelvic floor knowledge. Sarah joins us today to talk about the fitness industry's limited knowledge on training pregnant and postpartum women and returning to exercise for those women themselves. She's determined to inform all people to have the appropriate knowledge and understanding of our bodies in all its stages. Thanks for joining us today, Sarah. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm just going to dive straight in and get you to tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to become the mummy trainer. Yes, well, that is my new name now. (laughs) I was a flight attendant for about eight years prior to that and I liked exercising but I wasn't a typical hardcore exerciser at all. After I had my son Geordie, so that was back in 2014, I wanted to start running again. So I went on Google and typed in how to return to running and I found some guidelines but they were quite broad but I thought I was doing the right thing. I waited until 12 weeks which is what it said and I just went for a really slow jog walk, jog walk I was really puffed. I felt so unfit. It wasn't anything hard and made my way home. I was probably only gone for about 10 minutes, to be honest, just a small little jog just to start things off and came home and was sort of like, oh, that was, you know, made me feel a bit tired and everything was fine. Went to sleep. The next morning when I woke up, I couldn't move. So the back of my hip it just seized up. So every time I went to try and sit down, it would pinch on my sciatic nerve. And it was anyone who's had sciatic pain would know is excruciating. So as you can imagine with a 12-week-old baby having to sit down and feed and get up and change, it was really hard. And I had to have two months of physio to get everything back on track to not be in pain. And that was just like my pelvic floor was fine. I didn't have abdominal separation. I didn't obviously do the right things because I didn't know and with the hormones in your body that loosens your ligaments and everything I didn't strengthen and stabilize my hips which I should have done prior so yeah I injured myself returning to exercise and I had no pre-existing birth related conditions and then once I we decided that we wanted to have another baby again 
the first thing I said to my husband was, oh, how am I going to return to exercise? Because I can't get injured because then I'm going to have two babies to look after. So I did my own training and gained my personal training qualification while I was pregnant with my daughter and started creating a plan just for myself initially because I wanted to know what to do like week by week, do this, this exercise, then this, this exercise rather than just a broad guideline. And I did it myself first because I wanted to obviously make sure it worked. And then a lot of my friends were having babies and they were having prolapse, incontinence, abdominal separation, and just being in that space as I was learning more and more and did more courses myself in pregnancy and postnatal side of things. I thought, geez, like trying to just help myself and then my friends and like so many other mums would benefit from this. And that's how the mummy trainer was born. So I obviously loved it and I had an interest in it myself anyway. But then there's so many other avenues that I could help the people returning and exercising with conditions from pregnancy and from having a baby. So it is very, very specific and a specialized area. I could technically train anyone, but I wanted to just stick only with mums, which is why my business, the mummy trainer, is very descriptive <laughs> because I wanted people to know that they could come to me and I'd be able to look after them properly rather than a trainer that does everything and just can train mums. But when you're seeing mums day in, day out, everyone's got a different story, a different birth. And yeah, there's so many different things that you learn along the way as well. So then can you tell us what is considered safe exercise in pregnancy? And I guess this is probably a two-part question because then what is considered safe postpartum as well? Yeah, so there's a lot of different information I could go into about all of this. Obviously, case-by-case basis, depending on the type of pregnancy, um, if it's a high-risk pregnancy, pre-existing conditions, there's so many different things that come into place that would make it safe for one person, but for another person, it might not be safe. The main things for everyone, a lot of it's around the positioning of the body while you're pregnant, while you're doing exercise. So uh, the Fitness Australia guidelines are no lying on your back from 16 weeks onwards because the pressure of the baby and the weight of everything puts pressure on the inferior vena cava, which is the vein that returns the blood back up to the mother's heart. And this has been linked to a high risk in stillborns. So it is quite serious. New evidence that's come out has actually said that they're suggesting it from the end of the first trimester, no exercising lying on your back. So it is one of those things that a lot of people are like, oh, you'll be fine. And yeah, when you go to your obstetrician's appointment, you're lying on your back getting your scan done, but it's for a short period of time and you're not exercising. Sleeping positions is further down the track, but while you're exercising, it's a lot sooner than lying on your back position. So that's probably one of the main things. Also, yeah, there's pelvic floor comes into it. So if there's pelvic floor weakness from previous births or just in general, you don't have to have had a baby to have pelvic floor dysfunction, then that obviously is another thing that really needs to be addressed while you're exercising with the intra-abdominal pressure of each exercise and how it affects the pelvic floor. Also, even if you have no pre-existing conditions, the diastasis recti, so the ab separation, everyone gets ab separation during pregnancy, the linear alba, which is the connective tissue thins out, the six pack muscles move to the side to create room for the baby. So when you're exercising, your core isn't in a functional position to be able to take on extra load. So you need to change how you do the exercises. So yeah, pelvic floor, body positioning, intra-abdominal pressure of each exercise and how it affects the linear alba, the connective tissue, are probably the main things. 
but there, there's a lot more as well, <laughs> depending if you have low blood pressure, carpal tunnel, there's so many different pregnancy-related conditions. So just knowing what that woman has and then how to adjust it accordingly to make it safe for them. So then is six weeks a safe mark to be then returning to exercise? Again, it's just a guideline because everyone's recovery and birth is so different. Some people, depending on if they're pregnant, exercise throughout the whole pregnancy can start that little bit earlier, but they say to wait until six weeks because it takes around that amount of time for the uterus to shrink back to its original size and also for the bleeding to stop. Some people bleed a bit longer than that. Like I did, I had a bit of retained placenta, so I bled for a lot longer until it finally came out. And boy, that was like a whole nother issue. That was scary in itself. I thought I was dying. Um, But then some people got bleeding earlier. So it just depends. But yeah, the guidelines is six weeks because that's when you're supposed to have your checkup. But that's a whole nother avenue we can go into about the gaps in that as well. Not everyone is ready to start at six weeks, depending on your birth and how you're recovering. It is just a guideline. So my understanding with you is that when you have a mum come to you, you have an acronym that you use before you start training them. Is that right? C-A-R-E care. Yeah. Can you run through this checklist and why you've developed it? Yeah. So it's called the TMT care check. So it obviously worked in nicely with my acronym for what I needed, but it encompasses that it's about care because a lot of that does get left out for the mum, unfortunately, after birth. And a lot of the focus is on the baby, which it should be, but mum needs to be looked after as well. So when you normally go to your six-week check, everyone has a slightly different experience, but all the mums that I've spoken to, the common consensus is you'll go to your GP and they'll ask you how you're coping, how you're finding being a mum sometimes, sometimes they don't, and they'll talk to you about contraception. Now at six weeks, I'm pretty sure you're not even worrying about that, but that is covered at your six-week check. That's about it. So a GP will generally have a 15-minute window with you, which is not long enough. They're not trained to do pelvic floor assessments. A lot of them probably won't check you for abdominal separation and they might not be trained in how to do that effectively anyway. They may look at your scar or your wound. So if you had a cesarean section or episiotomy, how your stitches are healing, but a lot of them don't. And the hard thing is, I suppose, in, with my job is a lot of the time mums will go saying, can I start exercising? And the GP will say, if you feel like you're ready, yeah, you can, <laughs> which is the biggest flaw and one of the biggest problems that I find because a lot of the time they will have signs of pelvic floor dysfunction or they've got massive ab separation they don't even realize so the care acronym is designed to combat and cover everything at your six-week check so c stands for coping and contraception so that's generally covered by your gp a is for activation of pelvic floor so that will be your women's health physio maybe your obstetrician depending what they cover but i would definitely book in to see the women's health physio for that because they do a really thorough assessment and there's so many more things that they can test and grade in that appointment with you because that's their specialty. R is for rectus abdominis, so your abdominal separation. Again, women's health physio will check that. A lot of the time a GP won't or they may not know exactly how to do it. And E is for external wounds, so your GP can check that if you ask them to. Women's health physio definitely can and check that for you as well and maybe your obstetrician might as well. So you generally have to make at least two appointments around that six-week mark. And that's just to cover all of those things. And 
even if you're not wanting to exercise, regardless, I feel like that needs to be covered because that's for life, regardless of whether you're exercising or not. When you're picking up your babies, they get heavier and older. They're going to get, you know, that's more weight that you're adding to to these supporting structures. And if they're not right and can't handle that load, then you're definitely going to know about it. Mm. What I'm really hearing here is that we need to be screening for individual differences. So considering the type of pregnancy, the type of birth and the type of recovery that you've had in that six week period as well, before even attempting to say returning to a team sport or thinking about joining the gym again or finding a trainer. These are the things that we should be doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So then you created the TMT Academy. Can you briefly explain what this is and what led you to start this? Yeah. So obviously, as I found myself, the more I learned, the more people I could help and getting to know different people's conditions and that sort of thing and working alongside amazing women's health physios is where I got a lot of my knowledge from and understanding of everything. So um, a couple of years ago, I ended up in hospital. I had issues with my heart rate and blood pressure, but it was a slow deterioration over about six months to the point where I was just bedridden and couldn't do anything. So all of my clients, obviously, I couldn't train anyone. And I was like, ah, like, who do I refer them to? Like, because I wanted to make sure that it was someone that could look after them for one. And I was quite stuck because I'd had clients that had been to different like mums and bubs groups and heard stories that they're just doing the wrong stuff with them, unfortunately. Not everyone is. Obviously, they're not trying to do harm. But one lady was seven weeks. And when I screened her on my form, she definitely had signs of prolapse. And then that was later confirmed. But at the first mums and bubs group she went to, she told them that they were doing running and she's like, oh, you know, I just don't feel like I'm ready to run yet. So the trainer gave her a skipping rope. Like I obviously no. won't say the name, but this is a mums and bubs specific group on the Gold Coast that this happened to my client with. And she obviously was doing it and was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And then didn't go back and then found me. And I was just mortified. I realized that there's obviously a lot of gap in the education because it's not covered in the Cert 3 and 4 in fitness. There's like a brief two-page document on pregnancy and afterbirth, but it really doesn't cover much at all. So anyone that trains moms and pregnant people need to have done further training and specific qualification to do that. There are ones out there which are which are obviously good and I've done quite a few different ones myself, but I just found from each one there was little bits and pieces that were missing and then just my day-to-day encounters with people and like on the job stuff I was like this needs to be like talked about or like shared and like creating like acronyms and ways to program for pregnancy, how to program for afterbirth, just to make it really simple and easy for trainers to understand as well the changes that have that have happened. So yeah, I created TMT Academy, which was a long process. It's all approved by Fitness Australia, which is a really strict criteria and guidelines to get the courses approved through them. And yeah, it's something that I'm really, really proud of. And yeah, the feedback that's coming through from trainers is great. A lot of them did train pregnant and postnatal moms previously or have done other courses and have done my course and they're like wow I actually learned a lot of new stuff which I didn't think that I didn't know but obviously you know no one knows everything but it's just good to to upskill and, and learn more so my goal is to have every trainer certified through TMT Academy because you're going to come across a pregnant or postnatal woman at some point in your life even if it's not a new baby postnatal is forever and some of those conditions can last for your whole life so it's not just having a new baby it's screening appropriately and working out what's happened with that particular person and this is something I love what you're doing I 
I see the need. I have had my own experiences returning to the gym and thank goodness I knew what I knew. I had really good support from physios and everything because of the types of births that I had. So I was really grateful that I had the knowledge of my body behind me for when I went back to a gym that I hadn't been to before and was told, oh, well, that person's four months postpartum too. Like you can lift weights and you can run and um, I'm okay, thanks. I'll, I'll take my time. Um, so this is really something that I'm like, oh my goodness, we should really be talking about this more. And so I'm curious to know how receptive the fitness industry is to your certification. Have you had any success? Yeah, so I've my first thing when I launched is obviously just spread on Instagram and then I contacted every cert three and four fitness provider. So online or in person that offer PT and fitness training courses, just all via email, just explaining what I do, just trying to collaborate. And yeah, pretty much hear nothing back. The provider that I actually did my training through, they were good. They wrote up a whole like newsletter email and sent it out to all of the PTs that had done their course. So I was extremely grateful for that. I think it's probably not as receptive as what you think it would be considering how important it is and that's probably where my frustration lies yeah it's just hard for PTs because a lot of PTs think they know everything which is even harder as well so <laughs> but that can make it a little bit tricky as well because you don't want to put people down like they're not trying to do harm and they don't just don't realize obviously the implications that can come from even giving the wrong exercises to women so I think just making them aware of that in like a nice supportive way and showing that they can learn more about it is probably the best approach to have. So then what would you say is the difference between your certification and an older pre and postnatal certification? Because I have come across trainers like, oh, I've done my pre and postnatal. And then I talk about pelvic floor and they're like, oh, how long do you do your pelvic floor exercises for? And I'm thinking, what? I'm so confused by this question. What do you mean? They're like, like 30 minutes? <laughs> what? No, you, you clearly don't even know what a pelvic floor exercise is. Yeah. <laughs> but they've done a pre and postnatal. So that confuses me. And clearly there are gaps and clearly we need to be updating this knowledge and education for upcoming PTs, especially, even if the older ones don't want to do it, let's do it with the new ones. Well, as an example, when I was doing all my courses four years ago, I did about six different courses because as I said, you learn bits and pieces from all different people. And the other main stuff I've learned is from the women's health physios that I work with when I'm working with different clients that come in and talking about their conditions as well. But one of the courses I did was a, no joke, three-page PDF. And I actually emailed them and said, I don't feel confident that I can train people after having this qualification. And I asked for a refund and just basically said, like, if you're giving this to people and then they're certified and qualified, and this was before I obviously had my own or even thought about doing my own course, but I was like, how can you say you're qualified? And you do, you get a certificate saying you're pregnancy, postnatal certified. And there was hardly anything in this PDF that I signed up for and paid for to do the course. I love that you said something though. I love that. Yeah, because I'm like, I want to feel like I'm doing the right thing. And if I don't feel confident, surely you shouldn't have other trainers doing your thing and they don't know what they're doing either. So yeah, it was definitely needed. But I suppose with mine, I wanted it to be to cover everything, but just in a really direct, straight to the point in depth, but not babbling on too much so the information gets lost. So there's the videos of me talking about pelvic floor, hypertonic pelvic floor, pelvic floor exercises, abdominal separation, 
like intra-abdominal pressure, like just explaining in real simple terms like what it is so it can then be translated into when you're exercising and training but as a trainer training people because a lot of the courses I have done are by women's health physios which are obviously incredible but when from a PT's perspective it's like a totally different way of training so I try to encompass sort of everything that I have learned and then put in just my real life situations as a PT and just lots of little tips and things of you know what do you do if the baby's crying like during the sessions like just stuff that happens day to day which isn't covered in normal courses Um, I suppose they're just like the extra bits and pieces that makes it a lot different to other courses and they have to submit so there's a multiple choice questionnaire but they also have to submit assignments written short response and practical video demonstrations that they have to send through to me so I can actually see and hear that they know what they're talking about rather than just give them a tick and yep, you're certified. So it does take me a little bit more time, but I don't want to give someone a qualification with my name on it and if they don't know what they're doing. So I suppose that's probably the difference with mine as well. So we want some more TMT certified trainers out there. Absolutely. And they get a free listing on my directory. So come on, guys. Yes. And you even have a directory for them. Amazing. I do. So I know that you work closely with women's health physios, and that's one of the reasons that I do love you because I just think that women's health physios are super women and I love them and I love what they do. And I would say 99% of them are passionate about women's health and pelvic health. And so you collaborating with them makes complete sense to me. But something new that you've been working on and you've just launched is your antenatal birthing classes. And I'm curious to know what gaps you're hoping to fill with launching these classes. Yeah. So again, all of the businesses and services that I've offered, they haven't just been thought of or brought up, oh, how can I create something different? It's all come out of necessity. So a lot of my clients that come to me, they have pelvic floor dysfunction. They have hypertonic pelvic floors. They have abdominal separation. They're dealing with incontinence. And the most common theme, which myself and Alison have been hearing and sort of talking about when we'd have regular meetups and chats and that sort of thing, is that they're angry, that they weren't told about these things. And obviously a lot of the time, it may not have been able to be prevented, but at least having that education and awareness that this can happen really helps them not feel like something's wrong with them or that they're alone or that they've failed. And that's, yeah, that's the main theme that I hear from a lot of my clients that, you know, oh, I wish I knew that you could have prolapse or I wish I knew that I could have levator avulsion. They just weren't told and it is it is a huge shock on the other side and very disheartening when if that does happen to them because it's not something that, again, is spoken about enough. So what we want to do is bring this to light, not to obviously scare people, but just offer and educate people on evidence-based research. So your risk factors for tearing, different types of deliveries, how this can impact the pelvic floor, how pregnancy impacts the pelvic floor, signs and symptoms, things to look out for, when and where to seek help, how to move safely, how to exercise safely. And we've also got an amazing midwife coming in who will be covering a lot of the stages of labor or the birth information that you would get in your normal um, antenatal class because that's obviously important as well. And also things on feeding and settling your baby, bringing your baby home. So we just want it to cover everything. And it's called Nurturing Mum because we want to educate and look after the mum as well. Yeah, I love this idea. 
Do you think that you'll be able to integrate these classes into hospitals and really make this the standard for birthing classes? Well, I hope so. Like initially probably not because they run their own antenatal classes. So we are doing this as a totally separate thing. I don't even know if it's going to work. I hope it does. I think it will. Yeah, but I think the hardest part is a lot of people that are pregnant, especially first-time mums, they don't know that they need to know this information. So trying to share that and get that through is probably the hardest part. But um, from, you know, I know my clients, when I'm sort of discussing that this is what I was going to be doing, they're like, yes, this is great. I'm going to tell everyone about it. I do tell everyone that, you know, pelvic floor health, go and see women's health physio. So yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have that as like the gold standard. And I feel like it should be incorporated in every antenatal class. Obviously, we're going out and doing this privately on our own and the the hospitals have their own antenatal classes as well that this stuff that we're covering isn't covered in it so yeah it is that point of difference but I feel like it's something that should be in every antenatal class so look out franchising. As you know because you shared it for us we did a survey last year about pelvic health and mental health in well I would say it was for women's health because women who didn't have babies still did the survey But in the survey, one of our findings was that basically, I think it was like roughly 85% of the women, there was 599 women that did the survey, 85% of the women who did birthing classes said that after having a baby, those birthing classes, they realized were not extensive enough. They didn't implement pelvic health and mental health and life after birth. Is that something that your birthing classes incorporate? So I know that you do pelvic health because you work with physios, but life after birth, is that an element that you touch on? Yeah, we do. So we talk about having a plan for postpartum. So you would hear about a birth plan, but no one has a plan for after birth. So yeah, obviously we cover all the pelvic floor health and how to look after your body and everything. But the after side of things is prioritizing sleep how your relationship may change between you and your partner, setting boundaries with friends and family. There's just so many things that you're like, oh, I didn't really think that I needed to think about that or talk especially with my partner. But these are all big things that happen after birth as well. And we do definitely touch on the mental health side of things and things to look out for and where to seek help because that obviously is a huge, huge part of becoming a mum. Like that whole journey into becoming a mum is it's massively life-changing and I know myself what I pictured it to be like and the reality was very different so I really struggled with that and also having a baby that screams and cries all day every day was not something that I knew even existed because none of my friends babies were like that so yeah we do we, we talk about and touch on all of that stuff in a way not to scare people obviously because we don't want it to be all doom and gloom and have these pregnant women sitting there going oh what have I done but it's just bringing it to light and just touching on it in like a really nice informative way and just covering all options because it's reality it's not like we're trying to bring up or talk about things that are different that aren't happening and stuff that's happening to everyone and we just want people to be informed and aware and also just where and how to seek help as well is probably the main thing yeah I, you really are so much more than a trainer and I don't know if you consider <laughs> consider yourself too. that way yeah honestly you have incorporated so many other aspects into what you do and it really is one of the only I would say in in my circles in my experience one of the only holistic women's health, I'm going to just say women's health overall, 
And something I particularly love about you is that you don't capitalize off lose your mum tum or drop your baby weight in 10 days. It's really not your approach. And rather, it is this holistic health, healing, and well being approach to perinatal women. And I'm all about spreading the word about you and what you do and the extent of what you do because you are just so much more than a trainer. But I'm curious to know what your hopes for women's health are for the future in fitness. Yeah, well, thank you for your kind <laughs> So, yeah, no, that's really nice. Thank you so much for saying that. And it is, like, I think a lot of people think as the mummy trainer, it's just get your baby body back. But I don't like that saying for one. And I personally exercise for my mental health and how I feel, not for what I look like. And I don't do before and afters with my clients. I don't do weigh-ins. I don't do any of that. We focus on building strength, getting stronger and being physically able to be a mum and for the mental health benefits of it. And you know what? If you're looking at everything holistically, your mental health side of things, doing things that support you and you enjoy and you feel strong and good about yourself and your physical abilities as well all of that other stuff just falls into place and you'll you know if you've got body fat that you need to lose if you're not focusing on that and you're eating healthy it's going to happen it's no no need for the pressure there's enough going on when you have a new baby and yeah I don't personally I know that some women do would like that approach and that's fine I can help them with that but I don't approach it in a way that other trainers do but for me I just feel like it's probably more damaging than the good that can come out of that and that's probably not something that'll last long term either for them going forward so you just need to find that balance I suppose but back to your question about what I hope women's health to look for in the future is just what we're we're all doing like what you're doing what I'm doing there are there are other people out there spreading awareness and everything as well which is great like we need to all work together like when we can't conquer everything by ourselves and just sharing the words spreading the messages having more conversations like you're doing with the podcast I think it's just great like the more people talking about it and helping and being open and I suppose the biggest thing that I find with a lot of my clients say to me as well that when they see new mums they don't want to scare them and tell them the horror stories but it can just be more in the way that we deliver things can really help and benefit people and just the timings of as well because you don't want to be all doom and gloom and everyone has a totally different experience but just that's sort of why the nurturing mum came about because it's a evidence-based informative class based on real life stuff so it's not anyone's opinions it's not our opinions it's not other people's opinions or it's just talking about all options and everything that can happen so that way people are informed and aware I love this I love this and I guess this question is probably just for me and my curiosity but as a trainer having the knowledge that you have in women's health specifically perinatal women's health do you die a little bit inside when you see on social media people like six weeks postpartum deadlifting these heavy ass weights or look at me I'm going for my first run with the pram or maybe even being out and about seeing them do whatever in the park or do you die a little bit inside yeah I die a lot inside I'm like god guys <laughs> like you shouldn't be able to post because <laughs> it's it's not um, yes then again like the the mums that do have an uncomplicated birth and all that sort of stuff they should be allowed to share that stuff as well but I think it's Mm -hmm. just more stipulating that maybe (laughs) that it's not the standard yeah maybe maybe a little disclaimer or something so it's not because nobody probably and that's the thing like especially with prolapse and incontinence 
like people aren't going to openly be like, oh, yeah, this happens to me if they're like a really popular person, which is a shame because they could help so many people by coming out and opening up talking about it. Uh, but they're like Instagram with everything. It's just people's highlight reels. So, but yeah, it is, it can be really hard because a lot of women see that and think, oh, they're doing it. I should be able to even, yeah, some exercises that trainers are doing after they've had their babies straight away. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's just being a little bit sensitive to other people's situations as well, knowing that what might be okay for one person is generally not okay for everyone. But again, it just comes down to the education. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really feel like what you've said, I know there's so much more to what you do, but I really do think that we've kind of captured it in a nutshell. Yeah. But for those who want to know more and want to find you, where can they go? So the website is themummytrainer.com and there's links to TMT Academy on there as well. But probably the easiest place is just Instagram or Facebook. So if you just search The Mummy Trainer, I should come up. (laughs) Um, And yeah, in my bio in the link tree, there's all the links to all the different things that I'm doing or just send me a message or an email. I'm always happy to help out if anyone has questions. You are very responsive. I have noticed that about you. So great. Awesome. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It's been great. I always recommend Sarah's one-on-one training sessions or group training sessions. However, if you're not a local, that's okay. She has a comprehensive step-by-step training app, online guides, equipment, and even online coaching. For 30% off your initial TMT online sign-up and resistance bands, use our code POWEROFBIRTH. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode.